Picture it. Marriage, an architect, or crime for a few examples. Did you picture it through a gay lens? We didn't think so. Society associates most things through heterosexual norms, but what happens when it's looked at differently? Every week, we examine different situations, peoples, and events to challenge the status quo. Join us in creating a space that allows you to access a new wealth of knowledge and representation for the LGBTQIA community and its achievements as well as its struggles. Hi, I'm your co-host, Jamie Wildgoose. And I'm Austin Pellegrin-Webb. And thanks for tuning in to Queers in Your Ears. Hello there, queer wigs. How is everyone doing today? We hope that you're doing well. We do. How are you today, Austin? I'm, it's a bright, sunshiny, just kidding, it's overcast, but it's Sunday fun day. It is Sunday fun day. Cheers to some mimosas. Um, so today we will be talking about FOD and the... Friends of Dorothy. At the Polari. Oh! (laughs) I was just so excited. I was so into what you were saying. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So I am going to bring up FOD, or for those of you who don't know, I'm going to give you a little schooling on lessons. Oh my God, that didn't make sense. I'm going to give you a little schooling and some lessons on gay terms. And today I'm going to be speaking about something very similar, but secretive, because gays love secret and drama. I mean, that's what we live for. Yeah, I mean, for those people who are like, I don't like drama. I'm like, secretly, but you secretly we do. all love drama. Because I just sit my ass, I'm one of those people. I sit my ass in front of the TV and I watch Real Housewives. And yeah. That's how I get my drama. And I just look out my window and my neighbors reenact everything for me. You should start like a world star show. I don't want to do that, but also I would be into maybe writing about it and doing like a serialized version of it. True. But no, who reads anymore these days? No one can read anymore. No. Except for you. Congratulations. Are you a friend of Dorothy, Jamie? Yes. I want to hear everything you possibly have to say about this. All right. I've been excited since we posed this this subject um, quite a bit. Because, can I just preface the show today? Oh, 100%. Go ahead. So, we all know, and I think we're going to touch upon it a lot in this segment. I've been thinking about it a lot. I took a lot of notes um, for this year, for this week, for this year. Because we publish one podcast a year. No. um, I took a lot of notes because within the gay culture, and I mean that, like, anything that encompasses the idea of gay or homosexuality has this, like, inherent secretiveness and, like, how do we communicate with one another without telling other people that we're gay? I mean, you just hit the nail on the head. That's every gay person's struggle. Right. So we're going to be touching upon that a lot today, and that's why anything that kind of falls within that pyramid of that subject, I love to hear about it. Well, so let's get started. Let me just tune you right in. Let's do it. So FOD stands for friend of Dorothy in gay terms. It can be used on a range of spectrum, but it's in my research. I've seen that it's specifically in regards to gay men, Mm -hmm. Um, but it could also be used as a broader term in general. It's also a euphemism used for discussing sexual orientation. Sure. So during my research, I found one of two origins. Um, So the first is the precise origin of the term is unknown. It is dated back to World War II when homosexual acts were illegal and it was not acceptable to be gay in the United States, which also can respond back to to our second episode. Right. 
It is believed to be derived from The Road to Oz, which was produced in 1909, and then The Wonderful Wizard of Oz, which was in 1900. In The Road to Oz, one of Dorothy's traveling companions makes a comment about having queer friends. Mm-hmm. And I mean, who doesn't love having queer friends? If you're in this day and age, you're not cool unless you, you know, have at least one member of the LGBTQIA plus community. 100%. <laughs> so Dorothy responds to that as the queerness doesn't matter so long as they're friends. And this gives subtlety to Dorothy having characteristics of acceptance and loyalty to friends that she may have no matter with their sexual orientation and preferences. The Wizard of Oz is also seen to have many gay and sexual features and references, one being the Yellow Brick Road. I don't know that reference. So uh, the Yellow Brick Road, when I read this, I was like, this doesn't make any sense. To homosexuality? Or to sexuality? To sexuality in general. So what does it mean? So... you're, it's based on being bisexual, actually. Because I didn't know that. You're being able to go both ways. You oh. can either take the right or you can take the left. Okay, that's hot. But sure. to me, I also thought it might be stemming into gender identity. Mm-hmm. Because you start on one path and you can choose a different path. Right. I love that. Because, you know, I think you're talking about it, but... The Wizard of Oz has, like, this inherently, like, homosexual pull to it. Like, gay men love that movie. Do you think it's because of the heels? Or do you think it's because of the makeup? Or do you think it's because of um, one woman surrounded by men? I think it could be a combination of those things. But I think, for me, when I was doing my research, it boils down to the fact that this movie, even though it's depicting no gay characters Mm -hmm. has so many gay undertones to it. Right. So that brings me to origin two, which could um, be used as Judy Garland herself, as her being a gay icon. Sure. Because she played Dorothy. For those of you who don't know The Wizard of Oz, you should go watch it. So this is attributed to her being accepting of others who are different, and it also can be seen for struggles for... um, that the characters face, such as Dorothy, Toto, the Lion, Scarecrow, and Tin Man. The Wizard of Oz can also be seen as a coming out story. Because so, she's not in color until she goes to Oz. Was that it? Was I mean, that the so that's, no, that's what I was thinking. So Dorothy and her friends are seen to be banding together against the Wicked Witch of the West and her monkeys, mm-hmm. who at every turn are trying to tear them down, which a lot of people experience as a coming out story. Yeah. And then... It is also seen as a coming out story to many gay people in their lives. And what I mean by this is that many gay people start off in a small, dull, black and white town. Right. Just like Dorothy did before their tornado took her away and ended up in a bright and exciting Fabulous places place. such as cities. Sure. Um, it I al- love that. It also can be seen as a reference due to the theme song, which is Somewhere Over the Rainbow. Sure. Um, which propelled the evolution of the rainbow flag as a gay icon. So the question here is, this is a chicken and the egg kind of situation. Yeah. So like, is Wizard of Oz gay because um, Judy Garland is a gay icon? Or did she become a gay icon because Wizard of Oz is so gay? So I'm going to get to Judy Garland in a second, but I think it was both. I think the movie as a whole had Mm -hmm. a lot of gay undertones, but because of Judy herself and her struggles and what she brought to the table, mm-hmm. it was almost like a reflection in herself that Judy was 
So it, it was just like two very um, gay factors getting together and everyone was like, this is ours now. Yes. Love it. Okay. So uh, Judy Garland can be seen as an LGBTQ icon. She is attributed to be a gay icon because of the personal struggles she had in her own life. She had problems drinking and divorcing men, turning to pills, <laughs> and then more men. Well, she didn't have problems divorcing men. She did that very easily. <laughs> so... Um, to me, it sounded like a lot of gay men in general, and I'm not trying to bash anybody, but mm-hmm. a lot of people turn to, you know, coping mechanisms such as alcohol or pills to cope with you being different, and mm-hmm. then you also turn to sex because right. it's an instant gratification that someone thinks you're hot, and then you can get it on. Sure. Um, so Judy's early life actually gave her mental problems such as PTSD, which a lot of LGBTQ plus people also go through after not being understood or finding healthy outlets to be themselves. Her struggles through her own professional career were self-doubt, crippling stage fright, and then when she was on stage, she actually came into her own and beamed and showcased the person that she really was meant to be. Mm-hmm. So I can like see this as being myself as well. Like I constantly struggle with self-doubt all the time and I feel that I may not be doing everything I can or everything that I'm doing may not be good enough. So I can, I I can identify with it being her being like a universal factor for uniting people together. Sure. And then Garland was actually surrounded by a number of gay men in her life. Her own father, Frank Gum, was was known to like being around young Gay men. Can I just pause this and just yes. ask the... So there's so much gravity behind this because I didn't know this. So you're saying Judy Garland's father is an alleged homosexual or was an alleged homosexual. Yes. Could you imagine being the dad of Judy Garland and being like, I made that and I'm gay? I mean, look at her own daughter, Liza Minnelli. Fully. I was just about to... I was going to bring that up because we are so homosexual. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. So it gets gayer. You know, and that's so interesting, though. She is just inherently a homosexual. She is a gay man. She's a gay man. She's like a drag queen. She fully is a reverse drag queen. That's an actual reverse drag queen. Yes. Okay, yeah. This is, like, all coming together for me. So. Perfect storm of gayness. I mean, it gets even thicker. Does it get any gayer? (laughs) Yep. Okay. So her second husband, Vincent Minnelli... He was not confirmed to be gay or bisexual. Um, however, I lost my place. There was a lot of speculation. Okay. And then her fourth husband, Mark Haran, was gay and he was in a long term relationship with fellow actor Henry Brandel. Stop. And that only their relationship only paused because Henry got married to Judy. <laughs> yeah. So when they divorced Jeez. Oh my gosh. Their relationship, you know, just continued. continued. So they just like, oh, I'm gay again. They picked right up where they left Okay, but honestly, if I, if I were gay and I'm in a relationship with Joey and then Judy Garland's like, I want to be married to you, I'd be like, yes, ma'am. And I think Joey would understand for a few years, you know? I'm going to go live with Judy Garland and be her husband. <laughs> so I get it, kind well, of. Well, that's why I think so many people gravitate towards her as, like, a safe place and someone who yeah. was easily relatable because all of her life experiences are, are similar to what we've gone through. Sure. And she's, like, a safe person because she knows and has been around gay men and can relate to them. Right. So that's why I think 
the origin of friend of Dorothy just blurred into, are you a friend of Judy? Did it really? In my opinion, yeah, because I feel like people sometimes have a hard time separating Judy from Dorothy. character. Yes. So she's the original Britney Spears. Oh, 100%. That's hot, too. That's a hot take. I love that. Yes. Jamie, you're bringing them today. You're bringing it. So there is something very similar Mm -hmm. to Friend of Dorothy. And I know for people listening, it probably sounds like I'm a scatterbrain. No, I I, I think it's perfectly linear. Okay. So there is a, there's something very similar to Friend of Dorothy in England, which is actually, are you a friend of Miss King? Which is, i.e., if she was married to Mr. King, she'd be a queen. Okay. So you, are you a queen? Are you, they're yes. asking. Are you a queen? Are you gay? So like in more. That's I feel hot like, too. I love that. I feel like that more gets to the point. However, that could also be dangerous because if you're asking, are you a queen? People can be like, gay. Right, queen. But, are but do you, you think that analogy existed then? Yes, 100%. like queen to homosexual. Yes, okay. I think if there was so much um, scare around being gay in the United mm-hmm. States, there was definitely that over in Britain. Oh, for sure. So I think the United States did it a little bit better than the UK when they were like, "Are you a friend of Dorothy?" Right. Because technically, you could be like, "Oh, I was talking about the Wizard of Oz." Are you a friend? Or no, because your friend could be named Dorothy. True. Because in the 50s, that name is really popular. True. So, I have a question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Have you ever, like, heard a saying like this when you started exploring, like, your gayness and your gay life? Um, I, oh, 100%. And it wasn't this one, but as a kid growing up, I really like language, actually. So, I follow a lot of language podcasts and, like, vernacular and entomology podcast not entomology, etymology podcasts, because I love expressions like this and... Every country has different regions, and those regions have different sayings. So one that I picked up a lot on as a kid was lighten the loafers. And when I first heard that, I was like, I've, I, don't, I have no godly idea what that means. What even is that? Uh, it means that you're a little, qu- little fairy. <laughs> I'm trying to watch my language. Um, and, it, and I didn't know what the word loafers meant until I was like, well into my childhood years. Because I, I was raised trailer trash, and we didn't have loafers. But you know what loafers are, they're shoes. Yeah, they're like old-timey shoes. Exactly. But, oh, but like, does that mean like your foot is pointed up in the loafer so you don't have that heavy of a step? No, I think it, well, that's, well, it's not that you're pointing, your feet are pointed up, but that you're like skipping, essentially. So you're wearing okay. shoes and you're skipping a lot. And okay. loafers are seen as like the rich, like pansy man shoe, you know? They're like the boat shoe that you wear into the garage. The bodega. Right. So th- that's one of the first things I ever heard was okay. that light in the loafers. Same thing, but not in the, I guess it's not the same thing, because if, you, if you're asking someone, are you a friend of Dorothy, you could mean it in a mean way, but usually people who know that expression are in the community as well. I think being a friend of Dorothy was a very discreet way to find a partner in the 1950s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yeah. Now that brings me to, did you, I'm sorry, did you have any more? No, you, no. So I only heard, like, obviously the derogatory, like, the F word. Oh, I mean, I heard, yeah. Stuff like that. But the first time I heard, like, an an, an analogy, a term that was, like, encrypted was light in the loafers, I think. But I definitely heard my slew of of the F word, if we're not saying it on TV or or on radio. And everything else. Homo. Pansy. I didn't hear pansy a lot. I heard pansy, like, a lot in my small Connecticut (laughs) town. But also, I can, like, see... Because... Like, as early as eighth grade, people were like, are you gay? Yeah, fully. And I was like, oh my god, absolutely not. Yeah, fully. But then, 
like me after school, I'm down in the computer room, like singing like Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl, but making it I Kissed a right. Boy. And you're on Calvin Klein's like underwear website yeah. at the same time. Fully. And then I'm like, yeah, okay. Almost identical experience. So this actually brings me to kind of the current usage of Friend of Dorothy. Mm-hmm. So in the 1980s, cruise lines started picking it up. So a lot of gay passengers started approaching staff members to publicize <sighs> gatherings in the daily cruise activities list. But the cruise lines were hesitant to use this, so they started calling them members or friends of Dorothy. Oh my gosh. So cruise ships were like a meeting place for... For gays. For gays. They still are. I mean, yeah. Gays love a cruise. Um, But in this day and age, 2020, I feel like it's not used heavily a whole lot because it's now more acceptable to be gay. Right. And people can really truly be themselves. Yeah, 100%. Times change, and so do these little um, vernacular bits that we have. I mean, we even the word queer, to me, has changed so much since I was a kid. Queer was another word that I, I heard as, like, a pejorative term toward me, usually. Yes. But now it's like we're reclaiming it. It's a school of thought. It. It's exactly. It's a school of thought, yeah. Because I identify as queer because I'm within the LGBTQIA, like, group of people. Yes. And, and I don't necessarily follow like the norms of gender stereotypes i am cisgender though i will say that so now we re- reclaimed <laughs> not that's a bad thing no 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 keep going sorry what so i've lost okay. my chance out here sorry confession i these like terms are a little difficult for me and i cis, that's okay this is being born in your own like no so cisgender so cis means you identify as what you were um assigned okay so like you can be cisgender meaning i identify as what i was biologically and i do i i identify as male um but you can also be cissexual which means you're if you are a male then society dictates that you like females that makes you cissexual but we're not cissexual i didn't even know that was a thing yeah you can do that. That's a thing. So, so we are, um, we're homosexual, obviously. So, but I'm a, I'm a cis gay man. And to our listeners, I apologize. I need to do some reading. No, some more we're research. here to learn. <laughs> this is a good moment. This, this just proves that not all gays are, we're not all perfect. And we're always trying to be better. That's what makes us perfect. True. So Ooh. this, I have a little more. <laughs> okay. Keep so going. this brings me to, I like, wanted to do a little research on, like, gay terms and what other people might use in the world. So I came up with three. Okay. And I'm going to say the term, and I want you to say what you think. I'm so excited because I also have a segment for my part like this. Okay, Okay. yes, I'm so ready to go. So the first one I have is the iron closet. Oh, my gosh. Um, Can I have a hint? Um, (laughs) It's having to do with sexuality. Okay, Iron Closet would probably be... Maybe it was, like, what they used to call beards. Because you would go in and marry a woman, and you would never leave because... You're literally on the right track. Am I really? Okay, what is it? It's a gay man who is in such deep denial of his sexuality, he might never step out of the closet. Bitch. I did that. You did. I love it. That's horrible, but I love it. So, the second one I have is a yestergay. Sure. Um, this is probably someone who, I'm so excited, this is probably someone who, um, went through 
and this is very bad, we do not condone this, obviously, probably gay um, conversion or gay um, reformation, and no. now they're straight? No. Okay, what okay. is it? Well, the last part, pause, yeah, okay. Okay. So it's a gay man who now refers to himself as straight, but is not. That's horrible. But, yeah. I, okay, I see it. Yeah. So where are you getting these from before we do the last one? Um... Like, just, like, fan pages. Okay, like, full... Like, <laughs> like, well, like, glossaries. Because, yeah. like, official... I feel like official websites don't talk about this. Yeah, and within these communities, there's shit that goes on that is not going to be on official websites. Like, that's be for real. I mean, the other day, Andrew came home with a term called cracking a fat daddy. And... <laughs> <laughs> and I love that term. And I that's started... so, so for our listeners, that's an Australian term for... Getting a boner. Yeah, getting a boner. And I've never heard that. But I... Australian is just right with humor. They the are. The whole language. It's a rich white English language. I mean, they're <laughs> just... I feel like there's... It's like, we're similar to them, but there's such a separation due to like... The culture difference yeah. and things but that But technically, they... we're both penal colonies for the English Empire. I mean, who isn't? Okay, colonialism, come through. No. Okay. No, we do not know <laughs> No, I mean, but they did come through, like, not in a good they did. way. No, they did not. So the last one I have is a vegetarian. <laughs> oh, my. Uh, in reference to sexuality? I'm not going to give you any hints on no this. No What, what is the that? first thing that comes into your mind when you think of this? You mean vegetarian, like, V-E-G-E, like, vegetarian, as in... What a human would eat only vegetables. Yes. Okay. Um, what else could that possibly mean? I feel like it's someone who is married to a woman, but sleeps with men on the side. No. 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 So it's a gay man who's not willing to give oral. Oh, I hate it. I read it and I was like, that's really kind of disappointing. But it's fun. But who doesn't want to give oral? You're not gay if you don't want to give oral. I mean... What my question would be is if you're a gay man who's not willing to give oral and you like switch to being straight, are you also not going to eat pussy? I'm sure because a lot of, I'm sorry, but in like, in any time of American history or human history, men don't eat women out. Like that is one of those things that there is like a significant, this is not statistical fact, but there is a significant, in my mind, population of white straight men who do not eat out there women <laughs> which i no but i 100% agree because they think that them just fucking should be good enough but then then it's like a this double standard crazy. because the woman should be willing to go down oh, and do all of this stuff but this is called what misogyny it's existed forever but this also <laughs> brings me to the point of i feel like a lot of gay men don't like to eat ass oh and we don't know them i don't know a single one not in my group of friends <laughs> i mean i love a good ass yeah i mean who doesn't you're not gay, but I think that's also, that may be cultural. Or not cultural, maybe... Mm. That's something that is not talked about in the bedroom, because I feel like when you have that yes. talk with your parents, that's the birds and the bees. They're not It's asking. strictly just sex. Right. It's not like what sex should be, which is fun stuff. Exactly. And also... Fun stuff. <laughs> you, know, you know what we need to normalize? What? Straight men getting their ass eaten or played with. Amen, sister. Because the Girls, G- if you're listening, girls, <laughs> peg your boyfriend. Because the G-spot is back there. That's right. God didn't put that up there for no reason. Just, I don't believe in God, but he didn't put that up there for no reason. Beyonce did not put a prostate up your butt for no reason. Just honestly, just stick a little finger up there and just see what happens. One. Girl, put the whole fist up you there. You gotta start somewhere. You're, that's you true. You need to start somewhere. <laughs> you can't just go right put up there. Put a whole there. foot up your ass. Yeah. 
But anyway. I mean, if you put a foot up your ass, you'd be Red Foreman from the 70s show. No, you'd be a booty. <gasps> oh my God! <laughs> okay, where are we? <laughs> well, so that, con- that concludes my segment. I love it. it. It has, and I can't wait. We're so smart, and I'm so happy that we, um... Well, before I finish, question... Does, did I give you enough insight onto Friend of Dorothy? I think you definitely did. I think you um, you encompassed it. To surmise, I would say that you took the phrase and you gave me reference around it. We're giving each other show notes. Don't well, you love it? I just wanted to touch base because I know I gave a very brief overview. There are a lot of There's a lot of history that people it. think. Yeah, and when we get maybe to our next episode, we're going to have the kind of, I think, the same situation. But for the friend of Dorothy, you were essentially saying that she was, Judy Garland was such a like icon to the gays and she married and slept with so many gay men essentially. Yeah. So a friend of Dorothy came about because of Judy Garland and how good she was as an actress. And she made a gateway for gay men to find each other. Yeah. And I think that's perfect. Yeah. You summed it all up. You're the smartest person I have ever met. If you are listening, (laughs) bookmark that. You need to listen to, um, minute 2405. That's right. And that's all you need to listen to. Too long. Didn't read. Start here. This is, that would be your spark notes. That would be your spark notes. That's hot. Uh, I I can uh, quote so many clueless lines right now. Ugh. As if. Fully. All right. No, I think you did great. And I think in the, the spirit of secretive language, identifying language, gays are just wrought with it as a culture. Like we have so much of this undercover coded ways of living because we have to find each other, but we can't go noticed by the straight uh, enemies. Because gays are ingenuities. That's... Ingenuities? We are... Ingenuous. We don't know what it means either. Yeah, but because re- reading's really hard. It is hard. But gays get away around that. Here it is. Are you ready to I'm, learn about Polari? I'm ready. Are you le- are you really ready? Yeah, because when I was doing my research, it like there was a thought about Polari and I was like, I can't read any of this. So I much fun. This, so. Yeah, I did kind of the similar like if I came up about anything that you were gonna talk about, I was like, I wanna be surprised. So Polari. It's such an interesting concept. Gays essentially did that. They really did that. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So in... <laughs> essentially what happens is London's hot and popping in the 1890s. So Polari was set in... Polari is like this English. Is, so... Oh, uh, when, well, we'll get there. Okay. Gotcha. So Polari is essentially a gay-coded slang language that was very popular in the London gay scene. Gotcha. In the 1890s. Okay. It... It actually predates before that. So, Polari is kind of a pigeon term. Do you understand pigeon? It means, like, two languages put together, essentially. I have never heard that before. Well, that's, a, that's an expression. You guys can take that straight to the vocabulary bank. <laughs> but there, it's essentially this uh, language that was originally one language, and then another language kind of sort of changed words to make it fit their language. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so it starts with pirates, literally, Pirates, sailors, fishermen in before the 1890s. <laughs> I don't know exactly where, but probably late 1700s in the Mediterranean. And Polari comes from a bastardization of the word parlare, which is the Italian word to speak. <laughs> um, and 
That's where we get it from. It's this bastardized term from parlare, parlare, meaning to speak. And it's a language that these fishermen use essentially in slang to communicate with their friends, their coworkers, their partners in the fisherman trade. So it comes from the Mediterranean. So like, like speaking face to face or yeah, like it writing was letters? 100, and... probably mostly 100% spoken. Okay. Just like people aren't writing, well, we are as a society, but no one's wrote in slang that often. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. We speak slang, we write proper English or proper languages. True. Does that make sense? Is this a dead dialect today? Um, not really, because it was so late in human history, we have a lot of recorded history on it. Gotcha. So it's only dead in the fact that no one really speaks it. So yes, maybe yeah, it is dead. Okay. So, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, yeah. I had to go No, there. you answer my question. <laughs> okay, good. So what's so interesting about it is it filters down from these sailors, these fishermen who are rough trade, and I don't mean that in the gay way, but I can't wait to get there. I'm so smart. I just made a really good reference, but they're, they're rough. They're hanging around with these group of people that are also rough. A lot of them are people who in this period were play actors. And at that time, play acting was like a job that you subcontracted, essentially. You'd go and you'd pick up people that would star in your play. This is a really stupid question. No. But, no, I'm not going to ask it. Ask it, Jamie. <laughs> you know how, like, in the olden days, like, mm-hmm. men and women, roles could only be played by men? Yeah, and they were, okay, yeah. Was this after the transition, or was this before? Oh my gosh, I love this episode because it's flowing so organically. Actually, there is predated language from the Polari kind of vernacular that goes back to Shakespeare. <gasps> oh my gosh. And I can't wait to tell you about it. Sorry for yelling. Like during the play, they're like, I want to fuck you later. Fully. Trade. Okay, but yes. So so we get it from these Mediterranean fishermen. It filters down into the scene of play actors and theater writers and theater producers and things like that because they're friends they're goofing around, we're making plays together, we're all actors, and they're using this language. Now, what is more infiltrated with gay men than the theater scene? Nothing, right? No. So this is how essentially Polari comes from this Italian-originated, Mediterranean-originated language, slang language, to essentially gay men in London who want to be famous actors. (laughs) So it's like the most perfect storm of origin story. So we do have, so before that, we do have some kind of language that dates back to Shakespeare. Um, one of the words that he uses, or Shakespeare wrote Henry the Fourth in two parts, I believe, maybe three parts. So he wrote a play. It's called Henry the Fourth. By the King. Fully. Yeah. And he has a word in it called bona, B-O-N-A, which means good in Polari. And this is used in a way that we, that we think this language is being used the same way. So he wrote it in a line using bona, meaning good, that would point to the fact that Polari is kind of like a vernacular at this time, starting out. That like brings me to like Italian, like bona It is, exactly. So like bona, buona means good yeah. in Italian. So this is a, like I said, a bastardized version. So it's not the, the Italian word that he's using. He's no, using the word bona it's as a way that street people would know to be used in place of the word good. So this is how we kind of start seeing the language arrive. So we see it there. Now in the 1890s, it's the most popular because there's a lot of plays going on, a lot of of theater happening. It's really posh to be in plays at this time. A lot of people are becoming very famous. Gays love that. We love drama, conflama, so we all want to be famous. But yeah, so that's kind of where it started. And I can see how this blows up because how many people, like myself included, constantly quote movies, TV shows, things like that. And it's... 
And at this time, it's really only being used behind the scenes with these gay people. Shakespeare used it in his vernacular, but the mainstream media isn't seeing it. It's hidden. It's much like the ball scene in the 80s in New York with, like, these houses of gay men and trans men that are, trans men and women that are cohabitating. It kind of is similar to that. And they have their own slang. And when you watch Paris is Burning, have you seen Paris is Burning? I need to rewatch it. You're fired. But yeah, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I've watched it a long time ago. Fully. But within that community, you can see that there's language that's starting out that we now use. So it's the same way for Polari. It's such an interesting language. It's not a full language. It's it's a piecemeal kind of language. It's an additional language. It's something that you pepper into your your native tongue to make it sound more familiar to you and your friends. Um, but yeah, so that's, that's how we essentially start out. Now, I want to point out there's some words that we're gonna, I'm going to be bringing up. They're okay. really weird and strange. Um, I can type these out into the show notes if we need to, but I really want people to pay attention. So I'm going to go over a quick vocabulary. Okay, I'm ready. And uh, these are mostly nouns that are being replaced with slang. Okay. So it's fun. So bona we know means good, right? Yes. Rozer, R-O-Z-Z-E-R. Oh, there's a Raza over there. Do you know what it means? Like a fellow? It's a cop. So they call cops Razers. Uh, a betain is whore. That's what they would call whores. Oh <laughs> so one that's really fun is there's an expression called Aunt Nell. And so if you just say Aunt Nell, it means listen up. Like listen. But if you're referring to Aunt Nells, you mean your ears. Because you listen with your Aunt Nells. So these, these men would be talking with these words in sentences. So you literally had to be in the thick of it to know which... Yeah, you have to know. Just like any other slang. You know, you have to know what it means. You know, but when people use slang... They use it in such a natural way that you can usually kind of figure out what they're saying by inference. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, we've got also, I really like some of these. I, I'm going to save my, my favorite for last. Clobber w- would mean your like clothes and your outfit. Ecaf is literally the word face spelled backwards. Ecaf. But that's how they would refer to faces. Isn't this bizarre? Oh my gosh. Um, and eek is also a face. It's short for ecaf. So like, ooh, catch a glimpse of his eek or something. And it means his face. Leave it to gay men to freaking do that. They really did. And then uh, chicken would mean, like, young man. Like, look at that chicken over there. Yeah, spring chicken. Actually. Fully. Yeah, that's that's a term that I saw, but I didn't write down. Yeah. And then basket would be, like, the man's bulge. Like, look at his basket coming down the street. Like, a gray sweatpants situation. You're like, catch that basket. Do you know what I mean? We should bring this back. We're gonna. We're definitely going to. My favorite one of all time, though, Alamo. Could you guess what it means? This is even the guessing part of my... I still have more for you. I mean, Alamo, to me, the only thing I'm connecting it with is, like, fighting because of the Alamo. You could be more wrong, Jamie. This is my favorite thing ever. So Alamo is from the uh, acronym LMO. Is this laughing my ass off? No, it's lick me out. (gasps) So when someone says, he's Alamo, he's attractive because you want him to to lick lick you out. Girl, this is incredible. the best one. Alamo is my favorite. So, yeah, it was, people use this in, and I think there's a video that went viral in, like, the early 2000s, which feel like a thousand years ago, but they started to read more, like, um, just information from this time from gay men and sources that were kind of reliable, and they started to gather this vernacular. There are whole books written on this language, and I actually have a lot of them saved on my wish list, but they're hard to find. They're, like, weird second publishings. Um, so people have done the research. It's there. And it's, it's, inter- it's really strange. 
And it depends on which group of friends you, or like which group you were in at this time, but you would use some words interchangeably. And that gets confusing because you essentially have to learn a whole new language times yeah. two. But yeah, so essentially, why would we use this? Because we want to identify other gays at this time. It is actually illegal for gays to be caught together. Well, I guess I should say it's illegal to be gay at this time. Well, because also this is a unique way of... People could think you're just a weirdo and not really listen to right. what you're saying. Because if they don't know, they're just going to be like, what the fuck are you talking exactly. about? Exactly, and you're just like, you put your head down and walk away. Yeah. Um, but the point of this language being so popular was it was just really... It was So homosexuality was criminalized at this time in London. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we need this just to survive. Um, and it actually... Homosexuality was not decriminalized in England until 1967, England and Wales. Wow. Yeah, and that's directly from bbc.com, so you guys can go there and find that article. Um, but, and there are still a few, like, uh, bits of this language that we use, gays use, I should say, especially within drag culture. Um, one of them is camp, that comes from Polari. Camp means, like, crazy looking, like, too much extra tacky, you know, extra Eureka trade. Hera. Fully. What did you say? <laughs> I love her. I said Eureka O'Hara. Okay, but fully. Yeah. But even more so, I would say, like, Divine was camp. And, like, um, Lady Bunny is camp. Yes, Lady Bunny is camp. She's camp. So, like, we get that from the Polari language. Trade comes from the Polari language, which means, like, a hot, straight-acting dude that we all sleep on with, essentially. Yeah. Trade means hot, right? So Cameron Michaels. Oh, he's not trade. But that is... Oh, honey, we have opinions. Or, I mean, or you could say Jada Essence Hall. She's... Is she trade out of drag? Because trade is only, like, a masculine thing. Um, I would say appearance-wise. Fully. Um, and Butch. Oh, well, Raven. Raven's... Is Raven trade out of? I would, I would say Raven. Would you say Raven? Yeah. Okay, queen. I have a crush on Monet Exchange, but that's a long story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, he's... I mean, he's so funny. He's funny. But, yeah, so we still use some of those languages. There's actually an app. For Polari. There's like a Polari vocabulary app, which I thought was really funny. Um, but yeah, so did you think you learned enough about this? Because I have a, I have a quick multi, multiple choice. Oh shit, okay. I will try my best. I'll try my best. Okay. So we have some words. You haven't heard these yet, but I'm going to have you um, be presented with a word and okay. you have to guess the definition. I have four words that it could be. Okay. And they're going to be the same for every round. So you have to just choose between the four. Okay. Are we ready? Yes. All right. So there's a word, omi. O-M-I, omi. It could mean eyes, walk, man, or buttocks. What do you think the word omi means in Polari? And I don't have any sentences for you, uh, but I could try if you wanted a hint. I can use it Yeah, could you sentence. use it in a sentence? Uh, look at that omi walking over there. I'd probably say butt. Incorrect. It is actually man. Damn. So, Omi is a man. Like, any dude or, yeah. like, you know. John. Like, homie, almost. So, that's a word. Um, we also have the word orbs. Oh, you look at his orbs. Oh! I feel like that's probably eyes. It's eyes. It is eyes. That one's easy, isn't it? Um, you didn't even need the, the list again. I did. You're so good. Uh, there's a word, mints. So, it was buttocks, man, eyes, and walk. walk. I'd probably say Walk. You are right. Mince means walk. We mince to the store. And I'm not using these like uh, someone who spoke Polari natively would use. But you mince to the store. Yeah. You mince to get a better look at that man's basket. Yeah. Or you like mince. Yeah. I know you said it better. We did it. We really did that. Last one. Define dish. 
Ooh. Which is butt. It's his butt. Which I don't like that. That's a hot dish. See, dish to me would be like his dick. Maybe. I still like basket for the bulge, though, but that doesn't describe I mean, his no, dick. That so is. fully, dish could be dick. So if you had to make up a word for Polari for butt, what would it be? Um, I don't think I'd be very good because I just call them lumps. Lumps? That's a lumpy coffee cake. Coffee Ew. cake. I call it coffee cake. That's better. Because it's brown underneath, but crumbly on top. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> we hate it. Literally, Shakespeare's probably like turning in his grave. Like I wish he would. Uh, a confirmed bisexual, at least. Again. We could get into a whole I, I two episodes. On I think he's a gay man. Oh, fully. But he loved what's her face so much. Who? Um, and Hathaway. And Hathaway was his no. last name. Yes. No, it was not. Cut the no, cam- it was cut the camera. Not. Where did you find this information? And Hathaway. Middle school, Jamie. Did you have in middle school? Did you have that like those like Shakespeare people come? No, God, no. We were poor. No? No. I really? had to buy my own copies of Shakespeare plays and read them like a fucking nerd. I mean, in my and hometown... And Hathaway, Shakespeare. We had them come and they, like, did plays. Let's see. I'm looking it up right now. Fuck you. You're right. I know I'm right! That's why it's so what funny. What the fuck? Her name is Anne Hathaway. Okay. And he was very into her. But also very into other men. Oh, she outlived her husband by seven years. I wonder how long they were married. Too long. Oh. When you're married to a gay man. They only... <laughs> oh, they were married from... Oh, they were married for, like, almost 40 years. Okay, maybe he wasn't a gay man. We, we'll cut it out. No, I have we, we'll just leave it in. We're gonna leave it in. We're gonna leave it in. I have a closing note. Okay. Um, one... I wonder if our listeners can hear my dog having a spaz attack out on the the landing on the stairs. It's fine. Anyway, um, I'm going to read you a sentence that was actually from a Morrissey song. Or it's a Morrissey quote. I don't know if it was in his song. I said you, a band. You don't know who Morrissey is. I don't really either. It's too old for me, but I understand because I was raised by cool parents. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. Do I have to try and decipher this? No, no. Okay. But this, um, I'll tell you what it means, okay. but you'll hear it. Um, so I believe this is the lyric, but it says, So bona tavada, your lovely eek and your lovely raya. That's Polari. And what it means is, it's so good to see you. So bona, so good to Vada. Vada is to see. Okay. And then it says, your lovely eek. Your face. Yeah, and your lovely Raya, which I haven't told you this one, but Raya is literally the word hair spelled backwards. And it means lovely hair. Isn't that dumb? Honestly, if you, <laughs> honestly but if you cracked one of these words. Yeah. You could crack the whole thing even Pretty if you much. were a straight or a woman. And that's what I mean. Like, people, obviously, like, in any slang language, the people who use them use them so naturally that you can usually use, you know, yeah. context clues to figure out what they're saying. So, that goes along with my note, essentially, that we, as a culture of... I don't want to just focus on gay men in this show, but definitely in this reference, we have such a way of um, building community around oppression Every group of people, I think, has that ability. But we are just so wrought with um, culture in so many different ways. It all stems from being oppressed, usually. And it's usually not recognized until either a man, a straight man or a straight woman take it. And Correct. It. But let's point this back to the culture of black trans people and how essentially everyone copies from black trans people. Yeah, you're 100% correct. So, I mean, I get that part, but the fact that we even did this in the first place is incredible. But it just speaks to the differences in cultures and the different methods that people got around, to your point, the oppression. Right. 
and were able to live natural lives. Right. I mean, look at people here in the United States, Lindsey Graham, for example. And who is he's living like, with a male roommate, and he is as old as he is. Sounds like someone else we've talked about on the show. Who? Abraham Lincoln. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. But I think it's like the reason I wanted to, to pick my topic, and I'm glad you picked yours, was to showcase the communication method between gay men and, you know, how they were able to, through suffering, still find each other and still yeah. have a happy life. We're geniuses and we're fabulous. Exactly. Are you? Are we Sharpay? We're better than Sharpay. We invented Sharpay. True, we did. That's right. So that's everything I got. I think it was an incredible um, research topic. And like I said, there's tons of more information on the internet about it. There's tons of vocabulary lists and whole research papers written on it. And I would definitely be interested to see, like, in places that are currently still not allowing LGBTQ people to, you know, live their true authentic selves, what methods are they using to communicate communicate? discreetly? Yeah, discreetly. That's hot. But also, the oppression is not hot. Oppression is not hot, said Paris Hilton. But to, I mean, to our listeners, if you are, if you want to do the research and let us know, we definitely appreciate that. We're not going to do any more research. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, it is approaching the holiday and you know, like things are, things are getting in the way. Jamie, we live this life now. True, we do. That's not an excuse. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, Queer Wigs. It's Jamie and Austin here. And thanks for listening to our latest episode. Now that you've heard our voices, we want to hear yours. So leave us a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And go follow us at Queers in Your Ears on Instagram. And have a gay day. Goodbye, Queer Wigs.